I took a peek at the at the red house, called the red house, uh, and noticed that there were some flies on the window, um, on the top window. So nothing really occurred to me at that moment. Um, I got to the gym and then I remember like, I don't know if the cops ever came because I never saw them. So he called to me like, well, the cops never came and the guy wasn't responsive. Maybe he died and we have a dead body in our neighborhood. And that individual did die. In fact, two bodies have been found inside the house Wilmer Peralta spoke of at 149 Arkansas Street. Boarded up and in dilapidated condition, 149 Arkansas has been the source of numerous calls to emergency personnel, as well as housing code violations and thousands of dollars of unpaid summons. Local residents like Peralta have said the house's owner, the Buffalo Police Department, and City Hall have skirted around accountability. In their stead, the residents of Arkansas Street are left to deal with the property's effects, including the stench of decaying bodies coming from inside the house. Since September, investigative host Ejaz Jassil has followed the story of the house at 149 Arkansas on Buffalo's west side. For Investigative Post, I'm Garrett Looker, and this is Reporter's Notebook. So let's get into it. Tell me how you started to uncover the story of 149 Arkansas. Yes, so Jim had actually forwarded me a tip that we got through Investigative Post of a neighbor who explained everything that had been going on. She wrote about how... Someone had called police on the 13th of September to report a body. They didn't come back until eight days later when they were called again. And then she wrote, and as I'm typing this, they're here right now because someone else has overdosed. It's five days later. So as you were as you were working on the story. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Wow. Yep. So this really started to unfold as you were looking into it. Yes. In real time. Wow. Yeah. It was crazy. So. She left her contact information. I spoke with her. She wasn't able to uh, speak with me on the record, but mm-hmm. she did give me the contact for Wilmer Peralta, who was the neighbor who I did interview for this story. And he was also the one who called police again on September 21st to report, hey, we've got a really foul stench and it's too strong to be a rat. So uh. he filled me on in on everything that had been going on. It was absolutely a horrific story. I found out that... People had actually been talking it, uh, about it for a while on Twitter, on Facebook. and Really? Yeah, and no news outlet at the time had reported on it. It was bewildering to me that no city official, no journalists were looking into this, huh. you know. Um, I mean, I know so much can get lost in the right, social right. media, but, you know, I thought, this this can't go uncovered you know the residents are owed some sort of explanation i need to find out what's going on here mm-hmm. and you know the rest was sort of history it just all came together and you right. know i tried to piece everything together as best i could right um so obviously a story like this you know, a situation like this that includes people um losing their lives and and people being forgotten uh, after they they pass um there has to be some sort of police presence here. What was the police response, and what was the police response to your inquiries, to your reporting? 
Police presence, yes. Police response, no. Back in from court. Can you put us out at 149 Arkansas on a direct patrol? Like, I understand cops have to act a certain way, but I think that shouldn't take the human part of the individual. Like, I understand you have to do a job, but you have, I mean, in my opinion, and this is just my personal opinion, you have to be more caring. Just because you are a authority figure doesn't mean you are above the law or you can do whatever you want to do. I have called the mayor five times. I have talked to, their, to the person who takes messages for the mayor, but no one has returned a call to me, despite the fact that I have, they've told me someone will call you back, but it's been uh, two months and it's still waiting for a call. So I do not hope I will ever receive a call from the mayor's office. But I did a spot with Councilman Rivera and I said, like, what's the point of this 301 calls? How many 301s do we need in order for the city to take action? I filed a Freedom of Information Law request to the Buffalo Police Department. They were there 107 times between July 2019 and October of this year. So wow. over 70 of those visits were directed patrol, which means they knew that that problem was a property and that it was causing issues in the neighborhood. So the city has been very familiar with this property for hmm. years. The police have been familiar with this property. I immediately, the day that I got the tip and spoke with the resident and spoke with Mr. Peralta, I immediately reached out to Police Commissioner Joe Grimalia. Never heard back from him. I left several messages with his uh, attendant or um, right. receptionist, rather. You know, she said, okay, I'll make sure he gets back to you. I left my contact information. I left voicemails. I left emails. Same with spokesman Mike DeGeorge, who handles the Buffalo Police Department's media request. I reached out to him directly through his email address and phone number and also through the Buffalo Police Department media contact email. And I've received nothing, radio silence. Wow. And it frustrates me, not so much as a reporter, you know, as someone who didn't want to speak with me on the record for the story said, you guys don't tell feel-good stories at Investigative Post. So, fine, I get it, we're the kind of muckrackers who expose the dark truths and not everyone wants to talk to us. Okay, mm -hmm. fine. You owe me nothing as a journalist, but your silence continues to, to this day, permeate Arkansas Street. The neighbors, the people who have not gotten an explanation, have not gotten an, an apology, have not gotten a way to remedy this situation, mm -hmm. this property that's brought all this trouble to their neighborhoods. Even Mr. Peralta, the neighbor I spoke with, said, I've called City Hall five times and I've gotten no response. I hope they don't call me back at this point. But he said that because he's so frustrated. So so you're saying that as a journalist, you know, you accept that people might not speak with you. But as the people that are living this reality, even they're not getting an answer. Yeah. And that says everything, especially because, as Mr. Peralta said, and another community member said to me, we are aware of what kind of neighborhood we are. We're a lower income neighborhood, primarily residents of color. We see the disparities even in stuff like the wintertime. You know, it's a stone's throw away from like Elmwood Bidwell, the more affluent areas of the Upper West Side. Mm. And the streets are shoveled and salted. And, you know, as Mr. Peralta said, we can't even get a snowplow to come down our street in the wintertime. Mm. And if this was a vacant house where someone had passed out, 
on, say, Elmwood, uh, that body wouldn't have been left there for eight days. There's no way. Yeah, that's, you know, what the residents were saying. There's no way that would have happened. So Mm. I think that this silence is doing nothing to remedy. And this is something the city has said about remedying the relationship between city leaders in the police department and marginalized communities. This is doing nothing to help achieve those goals. That silence is absolutely deafening. So let's talk data, because there's a lot of data in this story um, that is, is it's telling. Um, you know, when you go through the story, there's a lot of numbers. Um, and I have to wonder, how did you come across that data? How'd you find it? Did you foil for it? Did you just dig through document after document? What did that look like? So the only thing I had to foil for was the police reports that pertain to 149 Arkansas Street and also another property owned by the owner of that property on Ryman. Everything else was public records. I went to Open Data Buffalo. As soon as I heard about what had gone on, I said, I need to know who owns this property Mm -hmm. and to what extent this has been causing trouble for the neighbors. So... There is Erie County assessment roll data, and it tells you who owns a house, who the previous owner was, the year it was all obtained. I found the owner's name, and then I was able to search his name and also the property 149 across different data sets on Open Data Buffalo, including there's one for code violations, there's one for adjudication summonses, which is the quality of life issues, and that's where those Mm -hmm. fines come from. And just being able to see the dates, the numbers, the thousands of dollars. And, you know, I wanted to confirm that I had my numbers straight because they do have disclaimers on open data that although certain data sets are updated daily, it may not represent in real time what the government has. So, like, for example, I called the county clerk's office to get that confirmation about the current owner and when he obtained the house. Mm -hmm. I called the Bureau of Administrative Adjudication to confirm that none of those fines were paid from the current nor previous owners, and they were not. So I did cross-referencing with our actual local city and county government sources to confirm that all these numbers I found on Open Data Buffalo were right, and they were right. Hmm. So who is the owner of 149 Arkansas, and did you ever find that owner? So the owner is an individual named Kwayo Ife Bonkuka. He bought the house in March of 2020. I've never been able to contact him. From what I see, he has a mailing address for an apartment in Williamsville. Hmm. And here's where things get a little bit muddy. Okay. So I spoke with his attorney, Benjamin Ritter, who did say that he is a a resident of Williamsville. However... In that specific apartment complex where his mailing address is, those are called commercial apartments. So a lot of times they're used as hotel alternatives. So I don't know if maybe he has a local mailing address, but he's not actually local. Hmm. His attorney says that right now he's in France. In searching his name online, I see that he does also own properties in France. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so... You're chasing the person across the globe. Yeah. Goodness. Yes, yeah, so but but since regardless of where he is, we can we definitively say that he's not doing anything to the property, he's not being held accountable for the people that are dying on this property? Can we say that? We can definitely say he's not been held accountable in that respect. The last hmm. housing court appearance that I went to on November 16th, 
His attorney said that he tried to make repairs, but those repairs were halted because he found out the exterior of the house had asbestos. Mind you, when looking back at through open data at these code violations, he was warned about this in 2020 when he received a stop work order that said siding over possible asbestos siding. So it took him two years and two deaths in this property to really follow through and do construction and confirm that there was asbestos. So that put a hold on construction hmm. efforts. Then we got that sort of mid-November freak snowstorm, which prevented further work from being done. I went to the house and saw more debris had fallen off of the house. There is more litter in front of the yard. So the property is not being upkept. Repairs aren't being done. Biohazard work has been done to remove the bodily fluids from the two individuals that passed away there, which I do want to make a quick note. There is no way for me to confirm this yet. I do hope that I can. Mm -hmm. But when I was filming at the house in front of Arkansas Street, when I was on my way out, a passerby came up to me and said, oh, you're doing a story about the dead bodies. I said, yeah, two dead people there, you know. He says, no, you know, there's actually six people that have died in that house. Really? I said, six? He said, yeah, four from shooting up. Uh, one of them was my friend. You know, there, uh. people die in that house all the time, and it doesn't go reported. I can believe that, <laughs> you know. It's, it's absolutely startling, but it's not unbelievable. And this is something wow. that I want to continue to look into because it's – I can't imagine, you know, the people who live in that neighborhood. Once again, it all comes back to them. Yeah. And the quality of life issues that this is bringing. No one should have to live like that. Well, you're right. I mean, that's that's what I wanted to bring up next. The people that live here, that the people of Arkansas Street, when you spoke to some of them, uh, Peralta, this individual that you just brought up, what are some of the emotions that you're hearing, that you're, you're feeling? What are What are they going through? Pure anger, especially from... Mr. Peralta, you know, he's in disappointment. That's a word that he used several mm. times, disappointment, from the police department not acknowledging that a man was left to die in this house to Grimalia going so far as to make a statement to another news outlet saying police didn't know a body was in there when very clearly they were summonsing someone to come out of that property. So they were there for a reason. Hmm. And, um, you know, he, he also said that he, he feels like there's, he doesn't want to be forgotten. That's the big thing. He says, and he said something that struck me. He's like, if no one says anything, if the mayor or the police commissioner don't say anything, it's like it never happened. If you leave it undone, if you leave it like without saying anything, it's like never happened. It's like it never happened. So we're gonna continue. Like, what what needs to happen for them to 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 acknowledge or kind of take action? I don't know. Like to me, it's like how many bodies do need to die? How many people need to die for them to start taking action? And it's a sad thing to say because no one is expecting their that like that's someone's kid, that's someone's brother, someone's uncle. Like is regardless what the person is or did on this past or her past life, it doesn't matter. That's a human. And and I think that lack of accountability on the police department, lack of accountability on the city is frustrating to me. And I really don't know what can be done. I don't know. And so 
a lot of the residents over there, you know, they feel helpless because, unfortunately, they're not getting that response. There are actually organizations that seem to have been more responsive than the local government. A independent uh, harm prevention company, Western New York Mobile Ops, held a Narcan training after the two individuals died there. Over 60 residents attended that. Uh, really? Yeah, Peralta told me Evergreen Health has been over there to clean up needles because he's like, you know, we have kids who play outside, run around barefoot, and we don't want them stepping on needles. Anything could happen. So Evergreen cleans up needles over there. Push Buffalo has been working with them, with residents, to help them form a block club because a lot of times standalone residents unfortunately can't get through to local officials and the representatives unless they are united fronts so they have been getting some help on the organizational side but they do still feel neglected because they're not getting acknowledged by the voices that matter which are those of the local government and police force so uh what do you think the next steps are in reporting this story or what do you think the next steps are for the community that lives in the neighborhood so the next steps i think for the community i'll start with Definitely mobilizing, you know, it's a good thing that they've gotten those efforts underway Mm -hmm. because more voices together does create a louder voice. And, you know, the fact that they keep talking about this, make sure it won't be forgotten, which it does not to be it. it, 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 uh, Excuse me. It doesn't need to be forgotten because this property on Arkansas Street is really just one example of others across Mm -hmm. the city, Mm -hmm. neglected properties places that breed quality of life issues, that breed drug use. And that's another thing, too. When we look at these people who died, they're suspected overdoses, but they're still humans, regardless of the addictions, the issues they may have had. Still someone's family is still a person. So residents are also trying to raise that awareness as well about the fact that there is a drug crisis in that neighborhood, too. I would say the hardest part which I don't know how they are going to do, is getting through to local government. Hopefully, by us talking about it and by them talking about it, we will sort of get that response. I would love to receive a response, too. Once again, not for my sake as a reporter, but to get answers for this community because it's not fair that people are dying in this house and because it's not an affluent neighborhood, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's not that sort of response or that seeming sort of respect your acknowledgement. I mean, if I'm a journalist and I've been able to find out how many summonses this house has had against it and how long it's been a problem property, where did I get this data from? The government. Mm -hmm. So if I know about it, the government knows about it. The police knows about it, given the hundred, over hundred times they've been to the property. Mm -hmm. So there's no way you don't know. So now... You've got to acknowledge this situation. You absolutely have to, because as I said before, the silence is very telling. Even if it's not telling what you intended to tell about the way that the city deals with marginalized communities, it's saying a lot. So if you don't want to communicate and say the wrong thing by saying nothing, now is absolutely the time for our city leaders to say something about this. And not to say, but to take action.